All right, I just wanted to make sure uh, we're recording real good. Hey, everyone, my name is Pastor Carl. I am, the, I guess, the chief servant, as I call myself, of Faith City Church. And one of the things we want to talk about, we talk about what we believe in. We believe in the good news. That is the, the news that Jesus brought to this earth 2,000 years ago in making disciples. Uh, we believe that the church is built to restore families and that we're here as one of our major mission focus is to end everyday hunger. And, and some of that, some of that means like we believe that feeding people is a right. It's not just like a joy. It's not just like a, a mission that everyone deserves to have food in their house. So that's one of the things that we believe on. We're striving to open up a grocery store and that fact that we're opening up a micro grocery store. We believe in restoring families. We believe that the house of God, if we could bring everybody together. And as I'm going to talk about this message today, we believe that in a unifying manner that families can be restored in the house of God. And we believe in making disciples. We believe that it's not just someone just following, uh, just follow another person, that we all follow Jesus. And one of the ways we do that is uh, I join a discovery group. If you're here today and you're not part of a discovery group, go see Peggy outside and she'll sign you up. She got her hand raised. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Mom. I appreciate that. And so today I'm going to be talking about spiritual warfare part two. And I'm just going to be transparent. We were preaching these series. And they were good series. I was I was doing good. I thought I was I was on point. I was doing good in the series. But God convicted me. He said this. He said, You're preaching messages that draw people unto yourself. He said, When are you gonna start preaching messages that draw people unto me? And I said, I spent some time in prayer, told Melanie about it. She was and we were just like we were just convicted of what God wants to do today. And one of the words that we have not been saying in here is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, enter this place. One of the things I know that the Holy Spirit does, if we invite the inhabit the praises of God, the Holy Spirit comes in like, like a hen that's caring for his chicklets, and he broods over them to protect them from anything that's going on. We're asking that the Holy Spirit today will brood over this service, will enter this place, enter hearts, enter minds, enter spirits, Enter souls that are being that are being attacked. Enter not just your life, not just your job, not just your family, but souls that are on the line here in spiritual warfare. People's souls. Like if you don't know what your soul is, your soul is that thing that God really wants. Your soul is your it's your heart thing. It's the thing in, in the Old Testament they call it nephesh. That's what God breathed into Adam. He breathed into Adam a soul. He breathed in him a soul. That means something that he can have. And there's a war for your soul. You may think it's about your life. You may think it's about your Christianity, but it's about your soul. And the Holy Spirit is here to help you fight that battle every day. And I think it's so powerful when I forgot <laughs> that this battle wasn't was against my soul. Like we can forget. And one of the things I want to say today, and I'm just going to move this around. Hopefully it won't mess nothing up. Maybe it will. But try. We got a lot of wires, so that's what technology does. Gets you all wired up. All right. Not working well. Can I get somebody to help me out real quick? There you go. Thank you, honey. All right. Let me get a little bit closer with you guys. All right, there we go. 
The first fight, the first last week, we talked about how our soul is in distress, how we we have this fight that's in our soul. We really don't understand like why everything's going on in our life, and it's because our soul is being attacked. Our soul is under attack constantly, and, and the way he gets to our soul is by creating problems in our life, creating problems in our household, creating problems in our job, creating problems with our kids. We feel like everything's under attack, but it's really after our soul. Like, if he can make our soul distressed, it's not like we can come back from, like, life issues. Like, I feel like I'm the bounce-back king. Like, I can bounce back from, like, life issues. Like, I can bounce back. But when it touches my soul, it takes some work from the Holy Spirit. When it touches my soul, it takes some work from God to really come in and intervene. Like, we can bounce back from life stuff, car broken into, this happening. But when my soul starts to get dejected or depressed, I'm like, man. I don't know if I can come back from this. I don't know if this is going to happen again. Like, God, I'm saved, but what's happening? And the second part of spiritual warfare that happens within uh, is the fight against the carnal Christian. We all have carnality in us. We all live in our flesh. And there's a fight. Uh, He's a rapper. His name is Lupe Fiasco. He said, my my greatest enemy is my enemy. (laughs) Like, we're our own worst enemy. We fight against ourselves each and every day. But see, there's a difference when you become a Christian. There's two types of Christians. There's the carnal Christian, and then there's the yielded Christian. The yielded Christian is the one who says, all right, I know I have this carnality in me, but then I have this Holy Spirit I can seek each and every day, and I can be regenerated into a real person that seeks spiritual things. And so today we're going to talk about these two people who are sitting here in the same body, in the same flesh, who are fighting each other each and every day. There's a fight happening. You know, there's a fight happening in our lives. The fight of our life sometimes seems like with things around us, it starts to feel as if God is not there. I don't know how you feel sometimes. Sounds like your your prayers are bouncing up on the ceiling. You're praying for everything to happen. And then it's like, I used to say it's like sludge. Like I'm living in, I'm living in the worst scenario. Every time I move, it's like sludge is happening. Like I'm not walking on like a clear path. I'm walking in mud. And then mud is getting stuck on everything today. So today we're going to talk about the key to fighting warfare on a level that you are guaranteed. Like in this, God guarantees it today. If you If you find this key, In this fight, God guarantees you victory. God guarantees you victory. Now, when God guarantees something, it's eternal. In these words, Paul guarantees this. So we're going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians 3. But I remember sitting beside my bed with 30 men in a domicile, a team challenge. Like today. I determined to get more of God. We had, they told us when to wake up. They told us when to go to sleep. And I remember saying, I'm going to pray for an hour before I go to sleep. Never done that before in my life. And I didn't have like the words to pray. I didn't know what to pray. It was night. So I had to really just come up with things to say. And all I can remember saying is I want more of you, God. And I would say that over and over for an hour. And I wanted to desperately know who he was, so I would just keep saying it over and over. And, and I lived the, I lived in carnal Christianity. Like, I was baptized at 9 and 16, 24, and then 30. 
Like I lived in this carnal Christianity where I thought I could receive stuff if I if I just did good things. If I did good things. And I remember the last time before before I knew who Jesus really was and I got baptized, I went off with my cousins and I drank I drank a 30 case of beer. And I was like, that's carnal Christianity, people. That's like thinking, okay, I'm okay because I got baptized. I just got this, I just got this cape that I could do whatever I want. And, and I was living in this lifestyle to thinking that, that I was not going to be attacked, that if nothing was going to happen. I didn't have to change anything. I could be like everyone else around me and not, and not focus on God at all, but just make sure I go to church every once in a while and then I'll be all right. I'll be okay. Nothing in my life would change. And I just remember that. I went through the motions of Christianity for so long, I didn't believe it was real. So I went to other religions. I said, you know what? This ain't real. Then let me check this out because this may be real. And then I started to dabble in the occult. And I started to think that was okay. And I started to think my life was going to change. But I wanted a life filled with difference. I wanted to wake up every morning knowing that something was going to change in my life every day. Not the same old, same old motion that I was going through. Not the same old thing. And say, all right, I'm a Christian, carnal Christian. Here, this is what I got. This is what I got for you, God. And everything everybody told me about Jesus before I really met him was wrong. It was so wrong. I lived in this wrong lifestyle. This is me. In my carnal Christianity, I lived in the wrong lifestyle. Like I could do whatever, I could drink, I could smoke, I could do whatever, convict, anything that convicted me, I really didn't have to do it. I just had to make sure I go to church on Easter the most. Make sure I showed up and loved my mom. Whatever she asked for something, that would happen. And I had to find God for myself and see him in real life, in reality. Not in this thing that's going to happen a long time down the road. In reality, I had to see him. The battle became real in my heart and in my head. Like, how am I going to find out who this God is? What's the struggle that I'm going on? Like, I have this addiction. I have these problems. But I want this real God to intervene in my life. How am I going to win this battle with him? How am I? I had to enter a fight and determine that the victory was going to be with Christ. Like, it wasn't going to be with me. It wasn't going to be with my addiction. It wasn't going to be with my parents. It wasn't going to be who could help me. I had to determine that the victory that I was going to have as a yielded person who wanted to be yielded to God and wanted more of him was with Christ. Sometimes we just don't know what that means in our life. Like, I didn't know it meant for me to, to go into a year program and then move out to the country for another two years. I didn't know that it put crazy boundaries in my life put crazy things that I've never even heard of before, use language I've never seen before, but I got more of God every time I made one more step. I started going from a, a carnal Christian to a yielded Christian. I got a little religious stuff in me still. I still like to jump up and down, still like to wave my hand, still like to scream hallelujah. If, you, if, if, it, if it wasn't so many stairs, I'd probably run around here for a couple of minutes. Like, I grew up in areas where people would be praying in the woods and actually be holy rollers, so I was really religious. I got a really religious tick in me. I fight the religious tick all the time. And I want to hoop and holler, but I, I hold it back. I want to do these things because I want to I focus on God. I want more of him. There's things that happen. And sometimes spiritual warfare isn't just about the devil. 
Let me just make that clear. It's about us. Our souls are at war with each other. And it's not just about us. And yet, that's right. It's, I'm fighting myself most of the time. And the devil ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> he got he got little to do with it. But there's some stuff with Carl that Carl's got to do. I remember when I was a traveling evangelist, I ran to this lady. This is one of the funniest things I've ever heard anybody respond to me. But I ran into this lady. And she like adopted these two kids, and I was like, I was, she was like asking me, she was asking me like, how, how, if I'm evangelist, you need to bring the, bring the Lord to the kids. How can that happen? I said, well, just take them to church. I don't have to be the person and share the gospel with them. She said, I take them to church every Sunday. They bring the devil with them right along. <laughs> and I said, let me just pray for you right now. <laughs> and it's not funny, but this was her scenario. She was like, man, like I know something's going on. I said, can I pray for you? She was a praying woman. And I asked her, I asked her about that. You need to have strength sometimes in your soul. Not just strength about like, I have the right tools, I have the wisdom. We need to have strength in our soul. And, and if you can say, if you can say, man, I know I'm living, I'm living the righteous, I'm a praying person, but these kids right here, I don't know what to do with them, Lord. It's not your battle. It was funny. We laughed. Uh, but in our, in our mind and flesh, and our minds and flesh come right to church. We don't. Like sometimes we don't. I remember there's times I did, I can't. I went to church to get something from somebody. Not went to church for God. And we aren't. We aren't always looking to see the spirit of God move. We're looking to fill our weekly tank. And see, that's the carnal Christian. Like I'm going to church so my buddies know I'm better than they are. I'm going to church so my parents will be be pleased. We need to go to church for the right reasons. Like this church is not is not built just to bring people in. I'm sorry if you came, came today thinking you're going to see your neighbors walk in uh, automatically. That's not going to happen. Because we, we, we determined not to build a church on carnality. We, we determined, hey, we're not going to do these big budget things. Hey, we're not going to be attracted just to be attractive. We're going to do things because we want to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. And whoever's here is here. You know, we, we work hard to make sure that happens. And I love that. And we need to fight this flesh. This carnal Christian. He's this person that's standing against you. And I'm going to tell you how he stands against you today. If we could open up our words, if you got your Bible app, it's in there. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 15. It's an amazing portion of scripture. It took me all week to figure out what was the key to, to victory in this. It was really difficult as I read it because I, I read this, this scripture a little bit differently in my mind. Because I think about this, this scripture sometimes as, as the partnership when he talked about Paul planted Apollo's uh, uh Apollo's water and God gave the increase. I, I, I put it in a different mindset. But then as, as the Lord started to speak to me on this, I started to see, man, I'm carnal already. <laughs> Thinking this is for me. <laughs> and God just blew it up in my mindset to say, hey, I'm renewing you. You're going to be regenerated. Here, you're going to find some victory in this, Carl. It's going to be, it's going to be hard, but it's not going to be something easy. So let me start in verse one. 
If you're joining me, just say amen. amen. All right. For my part, brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not yet ready for it. In fact, you were still not ready because you're still worldly. For since then is envy and strife. Among you are not, are, are not worldly and behaving like mere humans. For whenever someone says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not acting like mere humans? When, when then is Apollo? What is Paul? They are servants through whom you believed, and each has the role the Lord has given. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive their own reward according to his labor. For you, we are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to God's grace that was given to me, I have laid a foundation as a scared master builder. And another builds on it. But each one is to be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay any other foundation than which was laid down. The foundation is Jesus Christ. The song, Build My Life. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious. For the day will disclose it will be, it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone that has built survives, he will receive a reward. If any work is burned up, he will receive loss. He will experience loss. But he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. The carnal Christian refuses, as Paul says, refuses to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. They want to follow their own ideas. They say, whose Christianity is better, Paul's or Apollo's? We look at it all the time today. Well, people are itching for a great preaching. But today, we're, as God is saying today, that the carnal Christian was one person that will turn off the light of Christ to fit their own mood or purposes. I think that's one of the worst things for us to say. Man, I know in my spirit that sometimes we fight the yes of God. We fight this carnal Christian. I know there's people out here who say, I know what I'm supposed to be doing for God. I know that there's a call on my life. I know, but I'm just not ready because it doesn't fit my circumstance right now. I'm going to wait till everything lines up for me so that I can fight after follow God. But God is saying, Paul is saying, here you are again, you babes, drinking on milk. The foundation has already been led. You should not even be here any longer. He said, here you are following your own ideas and not being yielded to the Holy Spirit. I think that's the fight I have. How many times I had the audacity to tell that small voice inside me, no? How many times I said, no, not going to do that. That's too much of a risk. Nope, we're not going to do that. How many times we have the opportunity and we do and we turn off the light of Christ? 
worried about what people are going to say, what people are going to do, how, to, how things are going to happen. And then all of a sudden we become spiritually impoverished. We'd be unwilling to enter the grace of God. We're saying, God, you don't have enough for me to make that decision. God, you can't move me enough to move in that place. And then we turn into these, these people, these carnal Christians. And I'm talking about myself as well. This battle. Paul says we do three things. And if you can look at yourself introspectively and you can see one of these things, you know the carnal Christians alive and well. Paul says you are envying others around you. You envy others so much. One that says you enjoy strife. You enjoy the fight. You enjoy the argument. And then he says, beyond all, you enjoy division. You can't wait to divide others on the left and right. You make decisions to have conversations and say words that, that bring division. You are carnal. Paul is saying this. In the text, the carnal Christians are debating who is better, Paul or Apollos. Paul is saying, whoever shared the gospel with you, it doesn't matter. God gets to increase. I used to think this, it was this uh, older pastor. Man, the carnal Christian in me. He used to say, I don't care who gets the credit as long as God gets the glory. I'd be like, somebody needs to get the credit. That's what I used to say. As I looked at this, I had to ask for forgiveness. I had to repent because I was that carnal Christian saying something's better. God needs to get the glory here. Paul is saying, whoever shared the gospel with you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what preacher or what pastor you came from. He calls you to something. You go to it. And he says, let God get the increase. Let God worry about the increase. The carnal Christians were making a case for division in this. They're like, I'm going to make a case for Apollos. No, I'm going to make a case for Paul. I'm going to make a case I'm Reformed. I'm going to make a case I'm Pentecostal. I don't care. I'm going to bring division no matter where I go. And, and strife and Indians showing their maturity and not yielding. What happened to yielding to the Holy Spirit? What happened to yielding as a Christian to those things? Then Paul says, you got this person inside of you that's screaming to get out. The yielded Christian. They live differently. The yielded Christian is marked by his fruit. Man, what a beautiful fruit. Listen, I love when Thea makes snacks after church and fruit's involved. I love it. I love fruit. I ain't never met a person that would deny fruit. I ain't never met a person that looks at a piece of fruit and be like, nah, I want that. I never, well, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> like I say, there's something wrong when somebody doesn't know you by your fruit. I remember when I first got saved, I mean, very first, like really saved. I'm not talking about like baptized four times. I'm talking about really saved, really gave my life to Jesus. Man, saw a definite change, saw a regeneration in my heart and mind. And somebody came in contact with me and said, you got joy. I said, oh, do I? I got this joy. And the joy was the thing that, that, that was marked by me. Like, I thought I was just an extrovert or choleric melancholy or sanguine or whatever. But the, God gave me this joy 
Joy I've never had before. Joy was nothing. Like, I literally had nothing. When I met Melody, ask her how much I was bringing in. Zero. I had a call from God, and I said, hey, if you love me, we're going to go someplace. <laughs> and I had zero to offer. Zero. Like, nope, I didn't have a job, everyone. Nope. Melody met me broke. But one day, Melody told me, it was really funny, she told me, she said, my job could just support you as a missionary, period. And I was like, man, I probably need to get a job then. <laughs> that was going to be the case. But the yielded Christian, the one who finds themselves regenerated, the one who finds them living out this fruit of the spirit, joy, peace, uh, meekness, self-control, as they start living out these uh, a yielded Christian, that all of a sudden they start chasing after spiritual things. They don't chase after money. They don't chase after houses. They don't chase after cars. They chase after God. They don't care what's going on. I remember me and Melly were in a season of loving each other so much, and we were chasing God together so much that she didn't even know about my family at all. She was like, hey, do you got a brother? Do you got a sister? I said, who cares? We got Jesus. Who cares about all that stuff? We were so crazy. We were so sick for Jesus. Like I said, I want to be, and I tell people, I want to be so sick for Jesus. And that was Paul was telling us, that when you're yielded, these things don't matter. When you're yielded, you have these fruit of the Spirit that just start to, people start to know and see. People start to understand. And I remember I can see a difference in my life. I can see a difference of that person who was carnal, who had the fruit of the spirit. I remember, and I'm trying to get back to that person. I don't know about you. I'm trying to get back to that person. And Paul says these two people build two things. He says it right here. He says, he says a great analogy. He says the people who are yielded have precious stones. I've never held precious stones in a fire before, but I've never seen on TV that they melt holding these precious stones. And then he says the other, the carnal Christian, is made of wood, hay, and straw. First, before we can even be spiritual, you, we first must have this foundation. Who cares what denomination you come from? Who cares how you grew up? Who cares who first shared the gospel with you? If your foundation is not on Jesus Christ, it's, it's straw, hay, and stubble. That's what Paul is saying here. Your foundation has to be on Jesus. Who cares about those things? I was first taught about Jesus from a Muslim. Who cares? Who cares? But Jesus, as all of us will be tested by fire. Who wants to be a precious stone? Uh, who wants to be hay? Raise your hand. <laughs> who wants to be the, the, the scarecrow? All of us would be tested by fire. I feel like when we're good, we're being tested, not to the final test, but we'll be tested. The carnal Christian will be of hay straw and will be tested by fire. What's going to happen to the hay and the straw? It's going to burn up. It's going to be nothingless. Nothing that they're doing is going to make it give any reward. But Paul says at the end, they'll still be saved, but that's it. But Paul says you have those who have precious stone to yield the Christian will be have precious stone and will be tested in the fire as well. And regardless of your position today, Paul says, who cares who delivered the message? The key to this battle is Jesus. If you're here today and you haven't made Jesus the foundation 
of your life and you're not yielding to the person of the Holy Spirit, then, then there's going to be there's going to be some troubles. <laughs> and it's going to be tested by fire. Everything's around you is going to burn. I've been there, done that. I say, I don't want that no more. I want to be a precious stone. I want to yield it to the power of the Holy Spirit each and every day. I want him to give me marching orders. I want to wake up with joy saying, God, thank you for the very grace that I could tap in today. I don't know what today holds for me, but I know I'm going to worship you and give you everything that I have. I'm not going to turn to the left or to the right. I'm going to look straight to Jesus today. And see, sometimes as a carnal Christian, we don't see that the key that Jesus in this verse, in this translation, is the all in all. You get it? Now, the all in all. Like, he fills every crevice, every point, every dream, every vision, not just in all of you, but in everyone. When he's the foundation, the key to the battle is that he's the all in all. Not just one person, not just two people, not just there in Zimbabwe, not just there in Poland, but all of us. He's the all for all of us. There's nobody that you can meet that can, Jesus cannot fill the all in. You may, you may feel today that, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But if you're yielded and you see yourself as, as envy and having strife and division, Go back to your foundation. Who is Jesus to you? Is he your fairy tale character? Is your knight in shining armor? Or is he this cosmic God? That's your all in all. Is, is he the one that you want to have victory with or in? Because he's already won it. Or is he just a good idea for today? If you're yielding, as a, as a yielded Christian, you can look at this carnal Christian and you can fight him every day. You can say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to love my brother and sister no matter where they come from. And today you can have the victory. He paid the price for you to be a precious stone. If you want the victory of Jesus, you just have to seek today. To be yielded, to make him your all in all. Some may say he's enough. Some may say he's he's right on. But right now, today, if you know those three things are happening to you, that you're fighting with strife and envy and, and, and division, and you know the things in your heart are coming against the kingdom of God, you know that you can do this one thing today. You can make Jesus your all in all. We want to pray for you. I'm going to pray. Uh, Melanie and uh, Bethany are going to come up and sing the last song. And after that, we have our fellowship time where we join in. But right now, right now, if you need victory in your life, you need victory in your soul, you get back to the foundation and see Jesus as your all in all. Father God, I thank you right now that I missed it. I thank you, God, 
that by your grace, you showed me that I missed it. By your grace, God, I was able to tap in and I was able to see inside my poor, useless life that you're my all in all. I wouldn't be standing here today talking about these stories, talking about these people, talking about these journeys without you, Jesus. I was a worthless individual. I was broken. I was a mess. And you found me in my worst. You found me when nobody else wanted me. You found me before I could even get the chance to clean myself up, God. And you said, I want you, Carl. I got a call on your life. All you have to do is follow me and take big risks for me, not for yourself. And God, my obedience level has, has, has tilted a little bit. But today I ask God that I will make you my all in all. I hope this becomes a chorus in Faith City Church. That Jesus will be our all in all. No matter who we are or where we're at or what's going on between us, that Jesus, you will be all in all. I don't care what situation or circumstance that people are going through. The very foundation that you paid the price, Jesus, so that we can have the victory, God. That we would, we would see you as our all. We wouldn't see you as a half-time or a partial Jesus. Or a Paul is greater or a Paulus is greater, Jesus. We would see you as an all, Jesus. Man, you're all I need, Jesus. You're all that matters, Jesus. You're all that this world can give me, then I'll take it, Jesus. Take the world and give me Jesus right now. God, would you, would you regenerate us right now in this moment? Regenerate our hearts and our minds in this battle? Would you forgive us for envying others? Forgive us for, for contentious conversations. Would you forgive us, God, for division by looking at others' lifestyle and the way they do things, God, that's so different from us? Paul said that you did all, Jesus, for all. Not just for us, for anybody we encounter, Jesus, you're all they need. And sometimes we try to put our own little flair on it. We try to add our own little spice to it. But Jesus, you're all the light that somebody in darkness needs. And today we just ask for your favor in that. And we ask that you will bless us to even understand what that means. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.